Good morning, Christian Fellowship. Please stand to your feet. We are going to start this day with some worship. What a reason to worship. Amen. Heaven came to earth. We are in this season of checklists and lots to do and um, finishing school and exams and, and parties and places to go and people to shop for all the things. But if you take all that out of the equation, this is about heaven coming to earth for us. Amen? What a reason to rejoice. And his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Right? So we are going to lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Together as a family, would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we lift you up. We thank you for today. We thank you for this family of worshipers that join together each week to worship you with grateful hearts, to learn to take from your word so we can go back out and shine light into our community and into the people that we care about, the people that we don't even know yet, our neighbors, God. So I just pray that this would be a place of encouragement this morning. But first, we lift up your name just to tell you how much we love you. And we know that when we are together and we are singing, you are here, Emmanuel, God with us. So be glorified today. In your name we pray. Amen.
breaks the dawn of salvation and darkness reigns no more for Jesus is greater come on sing it out he is greater angels let your song Worship you, Lord, and only you. We ask that you would just speak to our hearts this morning as we lift you up. Speak to me. You're the only voice I want to hear. Walk with me, show me who you are as I draw near. If you're not in it, then I don't want it. Let all else fade away. Take the above every other name. 
You are the light of the world, Lord. Help us to shine your light, your name.
hand clap of praise this morning. He's worthy of our adoration. Amen. Why don't you say hello to someone as you take your seat? Greet someone. You can go ahead and say Merry Christmas. We're getting close enough. As we keep that going in the background, we're going to go ahead and ask the ushers to come forward, receive our tithes and our offerings, our giving. As we get prepared for that, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for everyone that continues to give. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, and we appreciate all that you do to keep things going around here. We love it. God's a good God. As part of worship, we give back to God what he has blessed us with. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for this time of worship, this time of celebration, that we can come together and encourage one another and lift each other up and be encouraged by you. We love you, God, and we give back to you of what you've given to us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. I'd like to welcome you this morning. If you're a guest with us, thanks for being here. Appreciate you coming. Thanks for taking time out of your, your weekend to come and see worship with us and come and see what Christian Fellowship Church is all about. Appreciate you coming. And uh, if you want us to know that you're here as a guest, there's a, there's a guest card in the back, uh, back of the seat in front of you. It says uh, new here. And there's a digital form as well. You can fill that out. We'd love just to send you a card that says thank you for coming. As well, we have a gift for you on your way out the door. Um, there's, some, there's a little CF Paris gift bag. We'd love to give that to you just as our guest. Thank you for being here. And uh, everyone else, welcome. Thanks for coming. It's a great season to be gathering together and celebrating Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. And uh, we choose joy during this time, right? We choose joy during this time. Not because of anything that's going on in your life. Really, in spite of what's going on in your life, we choose joy. We choose joy. It's a choice. It's not based on any circumstance around you, like happiness is an emotion is, but joy is a choice. And so this morning, as we kind of prepare our hearts for what uh, Pastor Corey is going to bring, um, and we're going to do the announcement video here in just a minute, but just think about that. Joy is a choice, and he'll help you choose it if you lean on him for it. Amen? All right. There's a couple announcement videos, and then we'll hear from Pastor Corey what he's got. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. We're so glad you're here today. We have just a few announcements for you. First off, food pantry coming up this Tuesday. We're going to restock the shelves and get everything ready for all of those people that need food this season. All right, see you, students. They are going to meet just like normal this Wednesday, the 14th. And then the following Wednesday, the 21st, they're going to have a Christmas hangout out at Cottage Farm. So that'll be 6 to 8. And then the next Wednesday after that, the 28th, there will be no CF students. And then they will reconvene in the new year. Christmas Eve services. We're going to have two services this year, and it's going to be 5.30 and 8, so don't miss out on those. I think that's it, y'all. Pastor it. Corey's coming up. Pastor Corey. Bye, y'all. Um, I, uh, I, I want to thank you guys. There's, there's been, uh, there's, I've been asked... Uh, numerous times lately, just um, some questions in regards to uh, finances and regarding to the the church, and and we are we are blessed by um, by your giving. 
that being said, I have also been asked if there's ever any issue, anything coming up, Corey, please, you got to let me know. Otherwise, how do we know? And there's been a, a uh, financial come up as of late right over here. We've been blessed. There's, we're going to actually have a road from our parking lot back to the lights that are going to be going here. So no more will you have to go from here up north to turn around and make a U-turn into oncoming traffic. Um, but in order to finish this out, we need to uh, raise an additional $20,000. Um, I'm laying that out there, just letting people know that is a current need. If you feel coming up to the end of the year impressed to give towards that, thank you. Um, but again, I say that hoping and praying you understand I'm grateful and thankful for all that you do currently give towards what we together as a family are doing here in this community. Uh, Today was, today was interesting. Today was fun. Um, I woke up an hour late, overslept. And like this was, this was, like last night I double set the alarms, like wore the watch, did everything. Because like I was like, all right, this, this morning I got to be up early. I got to be ready. I got to be prepared. I had already thought it, but my wife even, you know, we, we throw it out there. She said it. She's like, well, maybe the Lord just knew you needed sleep. All right, all right, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'm driving on my way here, and I spill coffee on my lap. I'm like, all right, this isn't God. I get to church, and I realize I forgot my keys. Like, I can't even get in the building to get to the studying I want to do. I'm like, yeah, this, this isn't God at all. Um, there's mornings that we have situations like that. There's moments that we have that kind of come up in our lives that just... They stress us out. Like I told people last week they needed to invite a friend. This was the week to be here. And now look at me. I'm going to struggle through the whole thing. Um, how many of you would be willing to admit that you have any stresses in your life at the moment? Um, this, this would be a harder question. How many would or could even admit that because of the amount of stresses, because of the burden, you may even already be at a place and point in your life where, where you're saying, I'm finished, I'm done, I quit, I can't do it anymore. That's a harder question to answer. Because typically, we don't want to admit that we can't handle it all. It's in our selfishness that we then stand tall, stand strong, and say, nope, I got it, I'm good. We think we're handling it, but a large percentage of us are pushing past heavily stressed, bordering on burned out. What's the difference? Um, in my studies, from what, I, from what I've read, stress, stress is generally short-lived, Stress is related to a, uh, an upcoming project or an event that's about to happen. Stress is usually an occurrence that will happen and then should be over. An event that will pass. Trying to solve a problem. Starting a new job. There's some sort of temporary event, challenge. But, but, it, but all in all, predominantly, it's It's temporary. Burnout, though, is chronic stress. Burnout is the feeling that 
it's never ending, that there's no relief in sight. This is when you get to the point where, where you would even say, I quit, I'm done, I, I can't go on any longer. Burned out. Uh, today, if you find yourself in either one of, of these emotions, stressed, burned out, maybe, maybe even recognizing, acknowledging already that you are there, I want to show you first uh, a, a man of God in the Old Testament, and uh, this is a prophet named Elijah that Pastor Brandon brought up in week three. A phenomenal story that I encourage you to go back and read through all, because it's, it's amazing just to witness how much that God like just completely protected Elijah. Elijah walked in the strength of God, walked in the anointing of God, so much so he was confident enough to stand up to the king flat out and tell him, look, you're sinning. And because you're sinning, there's going to be no rain for three years. Now, immediately, the king, not to be outdone, sent the full army after Elijah. Elijah went on the run for three years. But even on the run for three years, he was completely protected by God. Everywhere he went, he was protected by God. In the desert, they, there were ravens. Birds brought him food. In the middle of a drought, God provided a spring. Like everything he needed was, was provided. God was all around him. During this time, during this time, he healed a widow woman's dead son. Prayed over her dead son and he miraculously rose from the dead. I mean, the power of God was completely on Elijah. So was a man who loved God, was a powerhouse for God, but also, also battled with anxiety, depression, exhaustion, and burnout. Um, so Elijah's walking it, it, just in this confidence of God. He, he finally, he calls out the king and says, you, you bring all of, all of the people that, uh, the, the, the gods that you worship, you bring your prophets and, and I'm gonna come to, we're gonna have this moment where your gods are gonna pray, I'm gonna pray to my God and, and we're gonna see who brings fire to the altar. And, and in this moment, Elijah, I, I mean, <laughs> Pastor Brandon talked about how just, just, just the, Almost the, like, it's just kind of sticking a little knife in them a little bit. Kind of twisting it a little bit. Like, eh, you're not praying loud enough. What? Can I not hear you? I mean, just, he was cocky. He was walking in the confidence of God. Defeats 850 false prophets. Outruns the king's chariot back to the, the city where they were from outruns the king's chariots because Elijah has said, rain's coming. The very thing that Elijah prophesied is now here. He is riding cloud nine. But remember, remember, he's been on the run for three years. He's mentally, he's been having to make decisions. He's been having to watch his back. He's been thinking about it, but also, but also walking in the confidence of God. Then, one day, King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, mad, mad that her husband's looking the fool. She sends word to Elijah, by this time tomorrow, mark my words, by this time tomorrow, you will be dead. 
by this time tomorrow, the gods, may they kill me if I don't take your life tomorrow. That was her note to Elijah. Again, Elijah walked in, I'm, I'm talking the complete protection, complete provision from the almighty power of God. And then one really irritated woman. Look, I don't know where you're going with, stop that, stop. <laughs> ah, hold Hold on. Look, it's, it's incredible. It's truly incredible what the mind can do. It's truly incredible what the mind can endure. Someone can criticize you. They can make fun of you. They can slander you. They can, they can start even maybe saying something about your family, about your kids. Maybe your kids, and you know it, maybe, maybe your kids can, they start causing problems, and, and you know it, and you feel it, and yet you can still hold it. You can go to work, and you can deal with the stress in, the stress out, the stress in, the stress out, and all the while, you're, you're looking at everything. The company's downsizing. Financially, you, you, feel, the you feel the pressure. You, you, you got to provide. You, you got to do this. You got to look this. You got to be this. And, and all of these things surmounting. And, and on the outside, you handle it, you handle it, you handle it, and you, you handle it. Until, until there's one thing too many, and the stresses, the stresses that you thought you were managing shift into burnout. And all of a sudden, you fall apart. And look at this. Notice there is no evidence. There's no evidence whatsoever of any actual threat other than Jezebel sent a note. King Ahab sent his entire army, Scripture says, his entire army after Elijah. Here, there's, there's no entire army. There's no, no assassins. There's, there's nothing. There's just there's a note. And he crumbles under the last straw. Crumbles under the last straw. Uh, look, Jezebel makes her threat, and then we pick up in 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 3. It says this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. It was a note. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Uh, in, in my studies, in my, my reading, and again, I, I pray y'all know, I know, I know, and I know you know that I know that we both know I'm not a doctor. <laughs> nah. From what I understand uh, of stress and burnout, they, stresses leading into burnout will usually manifest in, in your, uh, you, you'll see them manifest in one of three ways. In your life, you'll typically see one of these three things possibly happening, and this is a great indication if you are on the verge of, or maybe even possibly already in, burnout. Are we ready? 
The first thing that we, we, we notice in, uh, in burnout is mental, the mental implications. Um, when we experience ongoing stress, remember stress generally is, is an is a individual event, but when we're prone or we start to recognize stresses, when we have chronic stress, what it does is, is one of two things. Um, number one, your amygdala enlarges. What's the amygdala? Because I, I had to look up how to pronounce it. Right. For those of you that do not remember anatomy, there's this little almond-shaped portion of the brain kind of back here, under here, right through here. Huh? Got it? The amygdala. The amygdala is, is a, uh, it alarms us when there's trouble. It becomes enlarged when there's trouble. When there's chronic stress, your, your, your amygdala starts to enlarge, and that's when you find yourself consistently stressed more vulnerable to fear. In those moments, you feel more desperate. In those moments, you have an ongoing state of compounding anxiety. The amygdala starts to enlarge. But also, when you're consistently stressed, the second thing that happens as as the amygdala enlarges, the prefrontal cortex, which is up here, prefrontal, huh? Prefrontal cortex, this, um, this is what you use to make decisions. And so as your amygdala enlarges, your prefrontal cortex weakens. So at the very same time that you are feeling more desperate, having this ongoing state of compounding anxiety, you are also now, because of your prefrontal cortex, in areas where you used to be confident, in areas where you may have been even very decisive, you, you now find yourself unable to make even the most simplest of choices, decisions. As this happens, it becomes more difficult to focus. You'll find yourself with an inability to focus, and, and even it can go so far as to cause memory loss. The mental implications alone. From there, there's the, the physical manifestations that we see of stress and burnout. Because of the stress, because of the amygdala enlarging, the prefrontal cortex weakening, what happens is because of all the weight that you're carrying, right? Because of maybe even trauma that you've previously experienced and, and think that you've, you've moved past, but your mind, because of that trauma experienced, now regulates and sees fear and concern in issues where you normally shouldn't. So because of that, you feel yourself finding, finding yourself very easily fatigued, tired, low on energy, difficult to recover from normal things. Some of you are thinking, Corey, that's normal everybody. What are you talking about? And I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, normal everybody, you. <laughs> Oh, you're in that one. Okay. Let me, let me go on. Watch, watch this. Not just, not just tired physically, but, but then you find it difficult to sleep. I'm not going to even have a show of hands on that one. Difficulty sleeping then only compounds health issues. And so because of the weight, because of the mental strain, because of the physical toll that's now on your body, a lot of people end up 
turning to drugs, to alcohol, to food. We look to vices to fix, to cope, to work out the issue. When all the while, up here, there's it's just an issue of balancing all the plates. It's physical manifestations that compound in negative ways. Uh, from there, the third way that we typically see it is, is it's seen through emotional issues. Burnout or ongoing stress, it, it causes a, uh, a chronic feeling of self-doubt. Where you start to question your ability to complete or to finish or to do a good job. In areas where you once maybe were great, you now start to question and think about, wait a second, am I, am I that good? Am, am, I, am I not? The emotional issues, the failure that you think you are, the I'm not good enough, I, I, don't, I don't have what it takes. And in those moments, then we start to feel isolated, alone, generally miserable. <laughs> and it's in those moments where we start to have the thoughts of, man, I, I, don't, I don't like this. I don't like any of this. I don't like my job. I, I, don't, I don't like my life. I don't like my spouse. I don't, I don't like my... It, it's these emotional issues, these emotional issues that start to rise up in the brain. What often happens is a person of faith in these moments, you feel disconnected from God and, and then maybe, maybe even fault or blaming him slipping into cynicism slipping even into bitterness um now again hopefully hopefully you're not there but but every one of us if we're not careful are one more straw away from being there throwing up our hands in dismay and yelling to the lord i've had enough because chances are that you're making some of the very same mistakes that Elijah made. Uh, I want to show you three quick mistakes that perfectly describe some of the most common issues that you and I experience. The very first one is, is we tend to run ourselves into the ground. We run ourselves into the ground. Look at Elijah in, in verse 3 as it starts off. It said he was afraid and so he ran for his life. I, I mean, understandably so, right? He ran for his life, right? Like he got the letter and, and he went into hiding. Like, like, oh God. <laughs> um, it, says, it says he ran to Beersheba and Judah. I, I think is, is that what hmm, he said? Beersheba and Judah. Uh, just so you know, that's 100 miles. Hundred miles. And not, not a track. Like, like he wasn't out there doing his stretches beforehand, you know? It was mountainous terrain. Rocky, rugged, rocky, break your ankle terrain. And then from that, it transitioned into barren desert. Because, you know, that's what you do when you're running for your life. He ran 100 miles. 100 miles, 
He didn't stop for provision. He didn't stop to, to, to rest up. He didn't stop to, to reinvigorate. He didn't start by, by packing up his water and getting his, his little, you know, I got my little juice bars and I got my little gels over here and I got my banana in back and my water bottles. Let's go. He took off running. He ran and he ran and he ran. Literally ran himself into the ground. And and. You and I do this all the time. You and I do this all the time. I got, I got to, I got to go to work. Got to make sure that I don't, I don't have too much debt. But, but I, I, I got to live up to everybody's expectations, right? And so, so I, I've got to, I got to. I got to be the perfect mom. I, I got to be the perfect dad. I've I've got to I've got to be this. I've got to be that. I got to provide for my family. I've got to be at every single event for all of my kids, even though they're all in different directions, at the same time. And we go 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 until we can't go. Over and over again, we make the same mistake, running ourselves into the ground, all the while telling, us, telling ourselves, man, I, I got to say yes. I got to be there. I, I, I got I to be strong. I can't give up. I can't show weakness. I got to. Running ourselves into the ground. The second mistake, we typically try and do it all on our own. Man, I, this one... I've heard this excuse more, more, than, more than I've ever heard in my life lately. I mean, in the last two years, we do. We don't let other people in. We think it's a sign of weakness, so we, we push through without being honest about where it is that we know we're vulnerable. But because we know we're vulnerable, we're like, no, nah, I'm going to man up. I can do it. I can show it. I, can, I don't have to let anybody in. I don't have to let anybody know. Areas that we might need help. Elijah does this too, makes, makes, makes a stupid, incredible mistake. Again, in verse 3, it says, when he came to Beersheba and Judah, what did he do? He left his servant there. This was, this was his wingman. This was his most trusted companion. This was the guy he did life with. This was a man who walked beside him through everything. And Elijah says, stay here. Which is where a lot of you are right now. I have a line in here because I specifically thought I wanted to talk about, because of this, the people that are watching online. And, and, and I do. I, 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 if you're still online, look, when, when COVID hit, online was awesome. And it still is. The fact that we can provide this for people that today are homesick or, or are not able to make it, that's amazing. But, but there's something about coming together. That being said, there's many sitting here today that although we're together, you still are walking alone. If you have limited Christian community, if you are limited in your involvement, that's when you're vulnerable. It's when we're without each other, without being involved, that we become vulnerable. 
when you and I are not joining together to pray for, to lift up, to edify the body of Christ, we are more vulnerable. It's the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the people of God. That's, that's you and I. But more than just you and I, it's you and I interacting with you or I. <laughs> I don't, right. It's the people of God interacting with the people of God to do the work of God. That's the body of Christ. It's, it's, not, it's not some inanimate object that sits its fat butt on a seat on Sunday and says, thank you, God, gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give and, then, and then that's it. You're alone in those moments. It's not enough. There's so much more to being involved. You've got to be involved. We need each other. You run yourself into the ground when you try to do it on your own. Uh, number three, we tend to dwell on the negative. Man, we focus on the negative. There's a lot of good, but all we're going to see is what's wrong. Elijah does this, picking up in, in verse four. He said, I've had enough. I've failed. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Man, what's he doing? He's comparing himself, comparing his life to those that have gone before him. Dwelling on the negative. I thought I'd do more. I thought I'd be better. I thought I'd have a bigger impact than what this is. The same way that you and I do when, when we start feeling like a failure. We start comparing our lives to everybody else. I'll, I'll never be happy like them. I'll never have a marriage like theirs. We compare. We start to look. I'll, I'll never be financially strong like they are. Stress becomes burnout. And in those moments, you think it's not worth it anymore. But, and look, I, I pray y'all realize this, this had to be a... Dark, dark moment for Elijah. I, I, I read that and I, I see he's given up. He's afraid. He's running for his life. He's left his friends, his family behind, and he's just gone out into the middle of everything and said, I'm done. And he laid down to give up. But, but even in Elijah's darkest moment, maybe the beauty of it all is in the middle of Elijah's darkest moment. It picks up and it says, all at once an angel touched him. God showed up in the form of an angel. One touch from the presence of God and and the angel very practically looks at Elijah and says, get up and eat. I love that. <laughs> I mean, uh, even, even in my own life, I think about all just the stupid things I, I thought I was helping somebody with by saying. When sometimes what they just needed to do was 
Get some rest. Eat. Sleep and eat. Get up and eat. Elijah looked around, and there by his head was some bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank, and then he lay down again. Take care of yourself physically. Take care of yourself physically. Get some rest. Get some food. I'm, I'm learning, and I'll admit I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is rest. But the moment you start to do that, that, that's the very moment that your enemy then whispers in your ear. What you, you can't afford to do that. What are you doing? You can't, you can't take time off. You've got to be there. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you start to experience this fault, false guilt. It's false guilt in your mind that somehow you're, you're letting everything, everybody else, the company, the business, somebody else, even, even yourself, you're letting them down. Mind you, it's one of God's top ten rules. Like if God has a top 10, uh, I mean the, the top 10, his commandments, ta-da, the top 10, and he says the Sabbath makes the top 10. Sometimes we need to not allow our minds to bully our bodies. Don't let false guilt take you out of what it is that you know God has commanded you, talked to you, told you to do. That's rest. God commanded rest. We don't like that one. Okay. Can, is it possible that some of y'all just need some rest? Look, nobody wants to shake their head yes on that because then that it means that you have to stop what it is you're doing. Can, is it possible, maybe, that some of you just need some rest? Yes. <laughs> But I would further encourage you that you might need more than rest. Or rest in a different way than you think you need rest. Because when I, I say rest, we typically, our minds flip off to some vacation. If I, if I can just get away, if I can get away, if I can get away. But typically what happens when you get away? It's all there, like it's still waiting there. Like you get back and it's doubled there. And the whole time you're gone, what do you do? You know it's doubling. So you go on vacation to worry about the very thing you're trying to get away from. <laughs> um, we get this idea that a little time off is just what we need only to realize that time off is just making the problem worse. Um, your problem is, your problem, your problem is you're, you're, you're not just tired. You're not just tired. Rather, you're running on empty. You're depleted. 
If you were tired, you could take a nap. But because you're not tired, because you're depleted, you need more than a nap. What you need is to be refilled. We think we're tired when really we're empty. And the nap is not going to fix empty. You've got to be refilled. You need an encounter. You need to sit in the presence of God, to rest in the presence of God. You need one touch from God. I'm going to skip ahead in, in the passage, but, but man, you should read it. Yeah, after a long journey, 40 days to Mount Horeb, the, the Lord appears to Elijah. I want to pick up in verse 11. It says this in verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountains in my presence, for I am about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. God was in the whisper. Notice, God wasn't in the extraordinary, but rather in the ordinary. Some of you need to be still. Some of you need to slow down to realize that God wants to speak to you, but, but understand, understand, understand that, that in all probability, it's not going to come in some explosion of lights and sound. Might be a gentle whisper. Your ordinary moments, your everyday moments. How while you're changing diapers, doing dishes, <laughs> while you're grinding it out at work every day, while you're driving the kids to their whatever thing is whatever next. It's every day. While you're trying to love that person who's really difficult to love, it's every day. He speaks to us, He whispers. And that's, that's I, I got to admit, for a long while that puzzled me like, God, look, I need you to break through the noise. Why a whisper? Why a whisper? If you're close to somebody, you don't need to yell. If you're close to somebody, you don't need to yell. Now, in our minds, immediately, what do we do? We go like, well, I don't feel like he's close. But my scripture says, God will never leave me, never forsake me. He doesn't need to yell. He's always close. I'm going to call the band up as I, as I close here. And, and look, guys, I, 
I want to encourage everybody. If you're here, if I, I know that I know that I know because I've spoken to some of you. There's people that feel like you're in the darkness of despair. In this moment, Elijah had retreated up inside a, a big cave, just the back dark end of a cave. And a lot of us, isolating ourselves, feel that way as well. We feel that way. We, we feel like we're alone. We feel like we can't do it anymore. We've run ourselves into the ground, and now it's, it's, just, it's just darkness. It's despair. It's hopelessness. But I can promise you, if that's you, God will whisper to draw you out. If you feel broken, he'll tell you that I'm close to the brokenhearted. When you feel overwhelmed, he says, I will save those who are crushed in spirit. <laughs> Feeling hurt, he says, you're not helpless. Feeling discouraged, he says, you're never without hope. Feeling weak, like you can't go on, he, he tells you when you're weak, my strength is made perfect. When, when you feel alone, even struck down, he says, you're not abandoned. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I, uh, I want to close today by reading a, a passage out of the message translation. Um, the message translation is, is a, 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 it's not a, a proper translation, but a, a beautiful written, just kind of a from the heart synopsis of what we might say today. But this is how it, it reads Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28, Jesus asks, he says, are, are you tired? Are you... Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. We're so glad you're here today. I think we could add, are you tired? Are you depressed? Are you crushed by anxiety? Are you, are you sinking into negativity? Have you been hurt? Have you been betrayed? Have you been abused? Have you experienced heartbreaking trauma? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Jesus continues, he says, come to me. Get away with me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's his peace his peace some of you you need a you need a different type of rest Sunday naps aren't going to cut it sometimes you just need to be still before God an encounter with the presence of a holy God a God who who's not just in the extraordinary, but, but thank you, God, so much more so. 
He's in the ordinary, the everyday. He wants to speak to you in the moments that, that currently you're losing, you're letting pass by, you're forgetting because of the stress and the burnout. If you'll bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you. Lord God, I thank you for your word, for your truth, the rock upon which we can stand, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I thank you for your word, which tells us that by your blood, by your stripes, we're healed. And and so God, right now, I, I pray healing, Father, over people's minds. Not some made up trust God, you'll be better, but, but Lord God, an understanding that, that the mind, like anything in the body, can be broken. And so, Lord God, we, we look to you, Father, to, to guide us, to lead us. To the right person, Lord God, that's going to speak into our lives. To the right individual, Lord God, that can, that can share with us, that can carry us, that can lift us up along the way, Father. Whether that be a a counselor, a doctor, a professional, Lord God, or or even just a brother, a sister, somebody right here that you link arms with and you live life with daily, Lord God, but but it's a coming together. I pray that we would recognize and realize and see, Father, we, we need each other just as much as we need you. We cannot do it alone. Again, with every head bowed, every eye closed, and... For those that are tuning in, I, I, I want to specifically pray for those right now as I close. Just for those that feel like, all right, I, I acknowledge I've had stresses, but in hearing this, I recognize my stresses may be bordering burnout. Corey, I, I need a change of pace. If that's you this morning, I, I, I'm not wanting to embarrass anybody, but man, just lift your head, look up at me and give me a look. Awesome. 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 I am. Heavenly Father for those online, for those here, Lord Jesus, that just recognize they need something different. Father, I pray that right now, as we turn our eyes upon you, Father, that we would recognize every burden we're carrying, every weight that we're holding, Lord God, is not ours to have to hold or carry. So, Father, in this moment of recognition, and, and some may not even be able to recognize the depths at which they need to, Father, but we take these burdens and, and we hand them to you. Recognizing, God, we can't. We can't. We can't. It's not up to us. It's not on us, Father. And yet, and yet still, we carry that weight. We carry that burden. And so right now, Father, for, for people across this room, for people that are tuning in, Lord, just the recognition that that we need you. And with that recognition, Lord God, the, the understanding that we, we want to take the next step, Father, but we need your help to do just that. We need your bread. We need your life. We need your water. We need your sustenance. We need your strength, God. 
Father, right now, I pray for a touch from you for across this room, for those online, Lord God, a touch from you that changes our outlook on life, that brings hope eternally, even now, even here, Lord God, your peace here on earth, your kingdom come, your will done here, God. We thank you, Father, that we can relinquish the burdens, that we can lay them down at the foot of the cross that covers and holds every one of them. Father, thank you for this season. Thank you for the reason. Father, thank you for peace, for your peace, for the ability, Lord God, to step out into the unknowns. Father, we look to you we thank you for all that you are. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all stand up. Give a clap offering to the Lord God. Thank you very much for coming today. God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week.